Okay, so that's the bill. Yeah? How many pages? Welcome to the Ferrari Hub Podcast, where we will be talking Ferraris. And now your host, Andy Rasul. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Ferrari Hub Podcast, where we will be talking Ferraris. So, just wanted to say thank you very much for uh, listening in, and uh, this is our second episode of uh, the podcast, and we have many, many more to come. So today we're going to have a special guest, but before I get to that, just wanted to talk a little bit about um, the website. Um, so we've been uh, in soft launch, so we haven't really been um, mentioning it to people, just getting everything ready. Uh, but still the traffic started to come in, which is great news. And uh, since we've started reaching out to people over the last few weeks, things have started to get really, really busy on the site. So that's really, really good. And we're getting a lot of good suggestions coming in on maybe the direction that we should be taking things, some things that we should be adding. Um, so look look out for some changes to come. Um, but been really excited because initially it was just myself and... Um, uh, I started to expand the team to bring in some sort of technical help. And over the last couple of weeks, I've brought in a team of writers um, who are also involved in writing some of the articles for the sites. Um, so we have, uh, in no particular order, um, we have uh, Cody in the US, um, we have a deal in Australia, Steve in the UK, and uh, Vukasin in um uh, who's based in Serbia. Uh, and in addition to that, on the team, we have uh, Rafaza, who's based out in Indonesia, who does a lot of the background work with me um, to um, get the site right, get the content, and do a lot of the research and things like that. So he's really working with me uh, very closely on that. Um, so all going well on that front. Today's interview is with a very good friend of mine. His name is Abby. Uh, Abby is a... Um, mechanical expert when it comes to Ferraris. He's been involved in uh, um, servicing and maintaining Ferraris for, I would guess, about 30 years. I've probably known him for about 20 years. Um, and I knew him before I bought my first Ferrari. And uh, I used to go and hang out at the garage that he was uh, working in uh, and you know, have a look at the cars and look at the work that they were doing. And then when I eventually came around to buying my first car, uh, Abby was involved um, we flew out to France picked up the car checked it out picked it up drove it back to the UK uh, and I've been sort of involved uh, with him ever since um, so he's uh, looked after a number of my cars um, since then um, and you know somebody who has a, a huge amount of knowledge and I have a huge amount of respect for as well before we get into this week's episode I just want to thank our sponsor for today they are Supercar Italia they're based in Biggin Hill in Kent, right by Biggin Hill Airports. They specialise in servicing, repairs and bodywork for Ferraris, Lamborghini and Maserati, as well as all types of supercars. They combine over 60 years technical know-how. They don't just work on the new cars, but they're also very familiar with the old cars as well. Having been around their workshop, I've seen them working on the new 458s, uh, right down to the old 365s and older cars than that and they can do anything from a simple oil change on a vehicle to a full restoration. And if you are a foreign buyer and want to do a pre-purchase inspection on a car, they can arrange for the vehicle to be transported to their workshops and carry out a full inspection for you, whichever country you're based in. In their words, they are as passionate about the work on your car as you are about owning the car and driving the car. So if you want more information, 
Check them out at supercaritalia.co.uk. Now on to the show. Today we've got a special guest. He's a good friend of mine, uh, somebody who I've known for quite some time. And uh, he's been involved in the Ferrari community for as long as I can remember. Uh, but I'll let him explain to you how long he's been involved for. Uh, he's, um, uh, he's a Ferrari mechanic working in, the, uh, in independent service centres. Um, but uh, let me hand over to, um, to Abby and bring Abby in. Abby, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you very much. Thanks, Abby. Um, so why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, about um, you know, uh, what you do and how long you've been involved in the industry for? Uh, I've been uh, working on Ferraris and Lamborghinis and Maseratis since, since the 80s. Wow. Okay. Late 80s, yeah. So quite some time um, then. It has been a long time, yeah. So, and what what sort of cars were you working on when you first got uh, involved? In in the early days, it was like five one two BBs, Testarossas, three o eights, the old two fifties, you know, the three thirties. Wow. Uh, Countach. Okay, and I remember yeah, you I saying that the first car you worked on was actually a Lamborghini. Um, that was a yeah, it's a Lamborghini Uraco. Oh wow! Okay, mm. quite a rare car. It was the very f- ever first car that I ever worked on. Yeah. Okay, and in terms mm. of Ferrari, what was the first Ferrari that you worked on? Do you remember? Uh the first Ferrari actually in those in those days it was three oh eights, four one twos, you know, four hundreds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like that. So it's a uh, the first actual the first major work I ever did was on a four hundred carburetor. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm guessing that was uh, an engine job, was it? Yeah, yeah. I think we've done heads on that one. Okay. And uh, uh, set the timing and all that and set up the carbs and all that. Right, okay. Things like that. Right, right, right. I, I mean, I, I'd guess how many um, Ferraris do you think you've worked on since then? I mean, it must be in the hundreds now. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, Yeah. Hundreds, hundreds. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good, good. I mean, I, I know I've kind of followed you around in different garages that you've worked yeah. on over mm-hmm. the years. And, um, you know, the, the array of cars that are there uh, have just been so impressive, you know. Um, you know, it's kind of been one of those things that's driven my interest in cars, you know, and my mm-hmm. interest in Ferraris in particular is, you know, sort of coming at the garages, even before I owned any of these cars, you know, just coming along and sort of seeing you working on these cars and um, some of the cars you've had that you've been working on has been really, oh, really amazing. Impressive. Yeah, I mean... Very um, impressive. Yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. amazing. I mean, especially like, you know, you know, watching you work on an F40 or something like that, you know. That's right, yeah. You know, it's just, um, you know, they're, they're mind-blowing cars as they are. Oh, know, they that, are. Absolutely. You know, but mechanically, they're amazing, aren't they? Oh yes, fantastic. You know, in the, is obviously the technology wasn't there in those days. But I tell you what, raw power. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll mm. come into how the cars have changed um, in a little bit, but um, you know, uh, in terms of you know, is there any particular car that over the years you've really enjoyed working on more than any other? Uh, there's two actually. There's okay. first one is their forties, my old time. And, and why is that? Why why do you? It's just the way the cars built. You know, uh, it's it's advanced technology at that time, mm. and the power and it's just just awesome car. 
you know, mechanically they were amazing at that time, particularly oh, yeah. oh, twin turbochargers, yes. and mm. you know, even down to the fuel cells. Um, you That's know, so, right. Yeah. So, so just just for listeners who don't know, I mean, you probably know more about it than I do. Just explain a little bit about the fuel cells, for example. Uh, what it is because of the uh, where they've been built and uh, for the lightness, and they've made like frames with fuel cells, like plastic bags in them. Okay. And uh, what happens with them, there's a shelf life on them. Right. And uh, Ferrari have uh, recommended, I think it's for insurance purposes as well, they give you 10 years on them and then they have to be changed. Oh, right. Okay. Mm. And, I mean, and then, I, mm, go ahead. Go on, I was going to say, it's only just for, for lightness and uh, just the weight saving uh, exercise. Because it literally is like a, it's, it's, it's almost like a polythene bag isn't it it's uh, uh, of course yeah well know, not um, not exactly a bit more yeah, advanced than that but yeah, uh yeah. yes basically uh a bag yes yeah. two bags one on either side oh yes okay because mm. this is um yeah exactly and mm. um so every 10 years they need to be changed and i imagine they're, they're quite expensive to change they are actually they used to be around about ten thousand pound i think right for the whole uh, to buy everything and then Obviously, labour and all down top. Right. Oh wow! So it's just ten thousand pounds just for the bags themselves. I think, yeah, I think it's one. Yeah, the thing, the left one. I don't know for what reason, but the right ones. I think it may be the other way around. But I think one of them is more expensive than the other one. Right. Okay. Uh, and what what does either. that involve in terms of changing them? I mean, well, uh, what it is, yeah, you do. You you got to take off the suspension. You got to take off the top air boxes and all that, and then you just have to pull the tanks out. Right. Okay. And then, yeah, you have to put them on the floor, mm-hmm. and uh, you need to change all the f- uh, fuel pipes and filters, and you know all that. Oh, they all get changed as well. Yeah. Okay. Crossover pipes, and you change. So you don't have to take the engine out then for the uh, no. fuel cells. No, only the suspension on either side. Okay. Right, mm. which which on a normal car, you know, you you're saying only the suspension on a normal car, obviously that just wouldn't even come into the equation. But uh, that wouldn't, no, absolutely. No. But, yeah. uh, you know, this is Ferrari that we're talking about, and they're That's sort of right, designed yeah. in that sort of way. Because uh, mm, mid-engine as well, they need to keep the weight distributed as well. And I think that fuel uh, with the fuel tanks full and everything it helps with the weight distribution as well. Right, okay. And mm. just the location of them, it's, it's forward of the rear wheels, is that correct? It's Yeah, forward of the rear wheels, yes. Just right. behind the rear bulkhead. Right, okay. Right, right. Mm. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I haven't actually had the pleasure of seeing the, um, the fuel cells being replaced on the F40, mm. uh, but I have seen lots of pictures of them. Um, and yeah I have to say that they're they're quite impressive and are are they still available from Ferrari yes yeah you can buy them yes you can still buy them yeah right right. but there are a couple of uh, the people that initially made them Mm. you can still buy them from there but the only problem with that is pipe diameter is a bit different from the Ferrari once you have to change all the hoses and the clamps and okay but I imagine that there's some cost saving involved in doing that Yes, very little. By the time you've uh, got the job and done the job, there's not a lot of saving. Right. I, okay. I say not a lot of saving. It's, um, I don't know, it probably save about 
today they're sort of around the million pound mark um, for mm. good ones uh, and I think slightly higher as well for um, you know some really really good ones that's right um, yes. and you know I'm just wondering whether it makes a difference in terms of whether you're going for the original part as opposed to um, you know the part from an, from an alternative source whether that makes any difference at all I, I don't think it makes a lot of difference but for, for to keep the car original and uh Specked out because people normally say well, original this, original that. You know, I mean, it's everything yeah. is original. Yeah. Obviously, it adds value to the car as well. But I don't think there's not another issue mm. from buying uh, aftermarket parts because I think it's uh, they're just as good because they supply them to all the racing cars and everything right. else. Uh, it can't be all that bad. Right. Yeah. No. Exactly. And and yeah. and so just based, you know, what you just said there. I mean. Um, so the, the the fuel cells themselves are quite common in racing cars, are they? Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. No. I mean, this is, you know, I'm I'm not too familiar with the technical side of um, uh, racing cars, etc. So it's uh, you know, it's interesting to see that you know Ferrari has always been innovative in the way that they've um, approached technology, and oh, yeah, you know they brought that racing technology directly into the car. Um, I, I, I'm guessing that um, the more recent cars, the Enzos and the LaFerrari, they they don't have um, this same type of fuel cells. Uh, they have it's yeah similar, sort of lightweight construction and everything. I think the Enzo, Enzo, I think has bags. Right. So, yeah, F50 and the Enzo has bags. Right. Right. LaFerrari, I think, not hundred percent on this, but I think it's been back to the aluminium tanks. Okay. Right. Mm. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe it's wrong. something I maybe can look into as well. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Great. And you mentioned that there's two cars that you like working on. You mentioned the F50. What's the second one? Three five five. Oh, really? I think yeah, absolutely. I think it's classic car. Yeah. yeah you know I, when they say uh, modern classics, mm. that is it for me. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just awesome. I have to say, I mean, nothing sounds as good as a 355. Nah. You know, the the design of that engine and, you know, um, uh, the five valves per cylinder, isn't it? In the yeah, absolutely, design. yes. Mm. Um, and is, is that, the, the five valves, I mean, is that sort of rare? Uh, is uh, there any car since then that also has five mm-hmm. valves? That is very rare because I think Ferrari had to develop uh, uh, their own... Um, operation to make these cams because i think it was all made in-house mm, yeah. and ferrari developed it or i think they had to develop the machines and the grinding and all that of them to wow. make them cams yeah right 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 mm. but what what for you makes the 355 so special it's just the way it's made just the way it's set up the way it drives it, you know it's just uh all around perfect car, really. Uh, absolutely, I think so. Anyway. And it's got to be a manual as well. For right. me, uh, that's my preference. Yeah. A manual, GTB. GTB, okay. Yeah, it's got to be a hard top, nice, solid. Yeah. 
It, and, mm. and you say GTB because of sort of body flex, that sort of thing? That's right, yep. Yeah, absolutely, rigidity, and uh, it's just brilliant. Mm. Right, right, right. Um, and I, I, I have seen you working on a 355 um, in the past, and yeah, I mean, sort of seeing these cars all open and, you know, um, you know, it's it's quite impressive, I have to say. I mean, it's uh, it is a great looking car as well. I mean, even though oh, the, the, the car so, is a yeah. number of years old now, um, you know, they're still a great looking cars. Twenty twenty years old, I think they are now. That's right. Yes, yeah, yeah from the nineties, yeah, early yeah. Uh, mid nineties, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it, and it still looks just as good. I mean, if it didn't have the pop up headlights, you know, a lot of people uh, would not realize that you know it's from that, that era. Is, that's right. Yeah, just awesome. Yeah, yeah, and I, mm. I remember. Um, there was a sort of a lot of discussion about 10 years or maybe even more than that 10 15 years ago about the 355 um service you know engine in engine out um mm, that was a big yeah yeah and you you guys were quite um pioneering in the development of doing the engine in um 355 uh, belt service um so even though uh, i think officially it's it's supposed to be engine out but um you were able to develop a uh a way and I, when i say you i mean you it was probably you and me and a buddy of mine yeah right yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um so so just explain a little bit about that all it was what it was was one because we we started doing cam belts with engine out and uh um getting the engine on the floor and doing all the work and everything. But then if you, if you had to use the water pump, do the water pump or anything else, then they said you take the tank out. So I said, hey, that doesn't make sense. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, so one day we just took the tank out because we had a job in for a cam belt. And uh, we dropped the tank and uh, took the heat shield off and uh, had a look. Everything was accessible. Oh, wow. Everything was accessible, wow. and uh, a lot of these, um, uh, the early ones that people said, "Oh, you lift the engine up, you put strain on the yeah. water pipes, and yeah. nothing. Yeah. You don't have to jack it that high up. You just take it up a little bit." But then, recent, lately, we developed, so we just didn't use to um, modif- made some tools and modified some tools mm. to take the crank pulley off without lifting the engine. Wow, gosh, mm. and, and and sort of out of interest, how much time did that save um, in doing that? Well, job? to take the engine out and do the Campbells and everything, it's just over a day. If right. you carry on, you can do it in about 12 hours. Right, right. And with the tank out and do the job and everything, and this is doing all the checking and see all the water pump, because you've got to change the belts and everything. You check the water pump, you check the condition of the water hoses because uh, they have a tendency to be, come loose the two big water pump uh, right. water pipes yeah right the jubilee clips just come a bit loose so you can check everything from down there okay and you can you start say nine o'clock and i think by about four uh about five ish you're almost done wow so literally within the day you can turn the car within around. the day you could turn it around yeah right, right mind you that's just for Campbell's yeah okay and do right. check with the like service and other things with it as well then obviously yeah. with cam seals uh cam cover gaskets because once you once you take the Campbell's off and you see how the cam seals are leaking so then you get authority yeah to do them and then that's that's a bit then then it becomes a bit longer yeah okay all right but that's interesting though because I mean that's 
that that just that action has saved a lot of time yeah and, and price and price yeah exactly mm. um yeah. you know so so otherwise the the whole job of dropping the engine changing the uh belts and um mm. uh, the belt tensioners and then putting it back in and putting everything back together again um, yeah i would imagine that that's usually a two to three day job to do that yeah, yeah, uh, not two to three, about two days. About two you know, days. if everything comes off, no bolts break, you know, no yeah. brake pipe, brake pipes come off quite easily. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if everything comes off quite easily, then just over a day's job. Right, okay. Mm. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's interesting because the thing is, I know having worked on my one of my own cars, you know, with, with your guidance as well, but, you know, it, as soon as you start loosening things and taking things off, things start happening, you know, so, that's right. you know, as you mentioned, you know, bolts break, things like that. Yes. And that can just add so much time and frustration right. as well. You know, oh, so. yes, definitely. Especially if they break in, in the block or in the head and then you have to drill them out and yeah, yeah. Yeah, things like that. Yeah, I, I still remember the nightmares I had around that. So, uh, mm. and, and really I wouldn't have got through those nightmares without you. So, uh, that's good. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I have to admit, I, lo I love the 355 as well. And, you know, I think um, from the early days of Ferrari, it was, it was quite a, a change. I mean, even though it was a, in some respects, it was an evolution of the 348. But, um, you know, it introduced a lot of new technology, obviously new engine and new gearbox. Um, mm. But it just generally, it was quite a step forward from oh. the 348. Mm. Well, it's a totally new concept for Ferrari. I think that was. Yeah, uh, yeah. They hit it. You know, they say you hit the uh, nail on the head. Yeah, yeah. That was it for me with the three five five. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and actual fact, before that, I mean, that, I think that was um, uh, Luca Don Montemello's first car, um, mm. and. Uh, you know, before that, Ferrari were financially in a little bit of trouble. Um, you know, their cars were unreliable to some extent, mm. um, you know, and, you know, not as, um, you know, they weren't selling as many. And, no. you know, I think with, with, with Luca coming on board in that particular role, um, mm. you know, and launching of the 355, I mean, I think it, it was a pivotal point for Ferrari um, in um, the way that Ferrari then developed going forward oh, definitely yeah and and changing their electrical systems to the german system right it's right. just yeah it's, it, that was that, that was a game made, changer was it that oh, absolutely right and absolutely. and did the 355 have the new electrical system yes yeah yeah right right mm. okay i think they started with the uh, mondial t i think was the first one okay right and then the 348 and then then the 355 Right, right, right. So I, I've had um, two Mondial Ts, um, as you remember. Um, mm -hmm. And um, yeah, um, obviously, even 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 with those cars that I had, um, they were uh, a little bit problematic on the electrical side. Not so much on the. It was it was more so around the the engine and the airflow meters and things like that. But that's right. You know, but uh yeah. obviously as years have gone by the cars have got better and better. Um mm. but it's the technology that's uh made them come better and better. It's the way they've they've started uh developing their engines and things like that. Mm. To uh get more efficiency out of the engine. 
Yeah. And the location of their engines is they done it. They're making good cars now at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So mm. what what would be a typical car that you're working on at the moment then? Um, actually, at the moment, I've just dropped the engine out of a 458 Italia. Wow, okay. Yeah. That's probably a lot more modern than most people would. Very uh, modern, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. very modern. And uh, say it's, 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 the, the way you do work on it, it's, it's, it's almost the same as the 355. Really? Interesting. Yeah, it's, you know, for the engine, you have to take the back frame down and... Uh, so they're still being designed it. in much the same oh, way yes, in that sense. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Mm, that's the. Um, uh, I think it's the first one in the country, if I'm not mistaken. We spoke to the dealers about it, and they were quite shocked. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so what, what's caused this car? I mean, it, you said you've uh, got the engine. I mean, what what are you doing on the car? It's uh, it, uh, they started it. What happened there? It did some work on it, and then they left the car and f- didn't do nothing. Then they came a few months afterwards, got in the car and started it oh, with right. no oil. Oh gosh! Wow. Uh, Wow, and what sort of damage has that done to the engine? Now? Well, we just took the engine down, so we're just starting to strip nothing. It's it's rattling, you know, quite badly at the moment. So. Right. Okay. Well, mm. that's um, that's really unfortunate. Um, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, the uh, the four five eight is a fairly modern car. I mean, it's just been very modern. By, yeah. Yeah, just been replaced mm. by the four eight eight. That's right. And you know, so to have, <laughs> I mean, I imagine that this is going to need a full engine rebuild. Yeah, probably don't know yet. We'll okay. see because the, the the guy was quite clued up and he switched it off straight away. Right. Okay. Right. Mm. Right. So and it didn't run for long. As soon as they heard the rattle, just switched it off. So right. Right. Might not have done. Might not have done a lot of damage, but we have to take it, strip it, have a look at it, see what's done. Yeah. And wow. Gosh. Mm. Yeah, that's unfortunate. But um, yeah. Uh, well, it'll be interesting to hear your thoughts once you get the engine open, and you know, mm-hmm. and how that compares to, you know, the three five five, three sixty, you know, yeah. the four thirty, and you know, mm. um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the engines internally have have changed. Um, That's right. Yes. You know, mm. What improvements have been made there? Mm. We obviously see the outside and the interiors of the cars, and sort of see the changes that happen there, but not so much on the mechanical side. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Mm, but the th- thing with the, it's very very modern engine that. Right. So I'm come just uh, and the way they've got things going back to the, the four cam, uh, four four valves per cylinder, and the basic layout is exactly the same. Right. It's just the bits they've added, like direct injection and the fuel pumps are on top and not driving off the cams now, you know what I mean? Mm, High-pressure yeah. pumps are driven off the cams. and Very interesting job, I think. I'll, uh, I'll update to you yeah. in a few days' time. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Definitely be interested mm. in that. And have you had much opportunity to work on the new turbocharged engines, you know, the California T or the uh, 488 GT? Yeah, we've... Yeah, we've had the California T in, but that was just like a basic service. Okay. Uh, another that's another uh, nicely put together car. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Right. Okay. But I imagine mm. the t- the turbocharging side is very very different to the F40 and yes. how, how the F40 was. I mean, that's oh. F40 as we were mentioning earlier is much more race car, whereas mm. the 
California T is, you know, designed to be a road car, you know, designed road to be car, a touring yeah. car. Mm, comfort. Comfort, yeah. Comfort, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the F40 was just raw power. Yeah. The California T, the 488. Don't get me wrong, they are quick cars, but yeah. a lot of comfort has been built in them. Yeah, yeah. And I think mm. also now with the way that cars are designed, where they have to be safer and things like that as well, they all adds to sort of weight and things as well. Oh, yeah, Whereas definitely. The, the F40 came from a time when there was no airbags, you know, there wasn't, mm. you know... Um, you know any of those requirements that we see now in cars and the way that cars no. are designed which kind of all add weight and bulk and things like that that's right yeah yeah, yeah absolutely interesting okay mm. um so um what would you say some of your highlights are in terms of um you know over the years i mean you've you've been involved in in so many different ways i mean i know from conversations that we've had but uh, what, what you know? Have a, share share with the listeners some of the um, the highlights that you've had over the years. Um, I think the, the good one was when I went to Nice to do a job on a car for a customer. Right. And it was just before the Monaco Grand Prix. Okay. Wow. And um, we, I was there was like Wednesday, done diagnosis for done the work. And uh, having a chat with him, I said, look, man, before I go back, you need to take me to Monaco. Right, okay. I said, I need, because I you know, landed at Monaco, got in the car and drove down, uh, I mean, landed in Nice and drove down to the yeah to their villa. Right. Anyway, so Sunday morning, as one gets up, in the, I was in the swimming pool about 7 o'clock in the morning, yeah. having a swim. He comes in, come on then, get ready, we're going. I said, right. where are we going? He goes, no, just come inside, let's go. So I got in, got dressed, and he goes, yeah, I'll take the 360, he goes, you take the 550. Right. And uh, just follow me. I said, okay, no problem. Right. We, so I just followed him, went through all the tolls and everything, drove straight into Monaco. Right, okay. Yeah, I said, cool, oh, yeah, yes, yes, now, that, now you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he went and had a word with the security guard. Right. And the guy, he, he let us in. Onto the track? Onto the track, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. So we had, I had two laps of the Monaco Grand Prix circuit in You're a 515 me. Maranello, yeah. Wow. <laughs> awesome. But he was going the other way. Okay. You know, he was going the other way because Grand Prix cars go, I think it's left or right, but we right. we, we, had, we had to go the other way because right. still road was open. Right, okay, right, right. So I had two laps Fantastic. The, going the 550 Maranello. Wow, wow, wow. The tunnel was awesome. Yeah, yeah. But I, I would like to have gone the way the Formula One cars go. Okay. But we had to come in the other way and go up and come up to the uh, hairpin on the top where Cafe de Paris is, where he right. is. Yep. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had to come in that way. We came in that way. Right, okay. Uh, right, right. Wow. That, that's awesome. Mm, I mean, I, I've... That was good. I've been to Monaco and... Yeah. Um, uh, I drove, uh, it was about two years ago, in fact, uh, we uh, went to Monaco. And, you know, when you're there, you have to sort of work out the circuit, you know. But to actually be there when Formula One is on, you know, yeah. you've got all those barriers and everything. Barriers, like yeah. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Wow. Had nice, nice two laps. Wow. Yeah. Uh, then uh, the tour of the pits. Okay. 
took me to where all the yachts were parked. Yeah. Went on this one yacht. They allowed us onto this one yacht. It's not a yacht. It's like a ship, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it was so big. I could not believe it. Wow, wow. It was massive. So we had a, he gave us a tour of the this yacht as well. Okay. Fantastic. It was a good, good uh, morning session for us, that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were, were you able mm. to sort of stick around for the race as well, or did you? No, have to... I had to come back to work. Oh uh, no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm. Gosh, well, that's 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 uh, unfortunate that you couldn't stay. But then I guess um, you know, very few people there could say that they drove on the on the Monaco Grand Prix circuit. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. brilliant. Well, I, I won't ask you what your lap time was because, um, you know, <laughs> just just in case the authorities are listening. But, uh, uh, but yeah. I, suppose, I suppose it doesn't count because you were going in reverse anyway. So. The reverse, that's right, yeah. yeah. But it was, I'll tell you what, it was quick in the tunnel, put it that way. Wow, wow. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, the sound as it ricochets through the tunnel. Wow. That's right, yeah. oh, yes. Um, mm. my, my car had a, a tubey exhaust fitted on. Yeah. And, you know, um, the problem with Monaco is when I was there... It, um, there was a lot of police around. Yeah. So, uh, you know, generally they don't like people sort of going it's really speeding in the streets. Well. That's right. Yes. Um, but what I found was, was amazing was when I actually drove to Monaco because I came from, um, from Lake Como and oh. that road you're going through, it's, um, the coastal road, you're going through tunnels and, you know, up the hills and everything like that. And that was just amazing. Because, heard uh, of the yeah 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 never yeah. done that route yet because quite a lot of my friends have done that I think that's what they go for yeah yeah it's just driving through the tunnels and everything going down it's just fantastic yeah yeah no it's absolutely absolutely got, amazing got a group of people that are going next week they've got their cars shipped to uh, Italy right and uh, they're gonna drive down. So they're going to be driving around Italy for five days and then back up to, I think it's Switzerland. Okay. And and then back up. They're going to do the round of all the, uh, uh, I think it's the, what you call, what's the, the big road with all the tunnels are and everything in the mountain when you leave Italy and go into Switzerland? Okay, uh, so oh, I can't think. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've done that. I've done that road actually. That's uh, it. There, they're gonna do that. Then right. back to Italy. Okay. And then just get on the plane and back and get the car shipped back. So okay. they're going next week. Oh right. Okay. Mm. Well, if if any of them need any cars driven back, always available for something like that. Yeah, I think the the cars are the cars are already been transported. Two, okay. Two, two, two transporters. Right, okay. They got right. loaded and uh, they're already on their way. Right, right, right. They're going to meet them there, yeah, in a few days' time. Uh, that sounds like quite a trip. Um, yeah. And uh, I know when I was there two years ago, um, it was around about this time. It was maybe a little bit earlier than now. It was September, but um, uh, a little bit earlier. And, uh, yeah, the weather then was – It was we, we were really lucky. We had great weather. Um, and mm. when we went up into the into the hills, into the mountains in Switzerland, um, you know, we actually had snow – not on the road but surrounding um uh, on, on, right. on the mountain so it's yeah. uh quite a sight really amazing sight um i'll give you some pictures when they come back definitely definitely yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll add them, them onto yeah. the uh onto mm. the websites um right. so definitely be interested in that mm. no that is great um just in terms of um 
you know, if if somebody was interested in buying a Ferrari, you know, is there any sort of sort of advice you can give them? Because I mean, I know I've been in that situation, you know, a number of times where, you know, I'm going to have a look at a car. Um, what sort of things should people look out for? No, the, the, the main thing you got to do is do your homework right. on the on the car that you want. Um, you need to make sure it is the car that you're not just buying it for the sake of buying. But a lot of people do buy it, just buy it and put it in the garage. Mm. A few years later, they sell it and make money on it. But if you're right. going to buy it, you need to drive them. Yeah. It, it, leaving them parked up for a long, long time, it doesn't do them any good. Yeah. And uh, you need to find the Pacific that you need on the car. You know, oh, I need a 355, or I need a 456, mm. a 612. And then do your homework on that model. Right, right. You just need to see uh, what pros and cons are for the car. Yeah. Uh, and then once you find the model, and once you find uh, what you're looking for, uh, make sure you have it checked out by a professional mechanic but I tell you because people just go and buy it and then they get problems afterwards you know yeah yeah so you need to just make sure you have it checked out properly mm. make sure the car is legit do your HPR is yeah uh, yeah or if it's um, for our international listeners um, you know if you're in the US I think it's Carfax that they use over there in uh, the UK it's HPI checks so mm. yeah and then basically they need to have a, well, once you get checked if you if you're not going to take a mechanic with you or anything you check it yourself make sure the car's not been an accident mm. make sure there's not a lot of uh, different paint shades on the car right that's okay. a good giveaway right right uh, nine times out of ten you have a look at the condition of the tires mm. you can tell if the how the car's been driven right uh, so it's sort of uneven Yes, well, yes. Yeah. So generally, you'll have no tread on the back, but a lot on the front, because you know this guy's a speeder. Yeah, yeah. Like to spin, you yeah. know. So yeah, yeah, things yeah. like that, you know, the condition of your discs and things. Mm. And obviously, if it's an electronic car, then it's best to have it checked by on the diagnostics. You know, like with these F1 clutches and things like this. Yeah. It's a pain when you get it. You drive it, test okay when you bringing it home the clutch just goes you know yeah <laughs> things yeah, like yeah. that so just have more checked and the wear and condition of the car right okay but mm. i mean these these cars i mean generally speaking they do need to be checked by you know people who know professionals you know yeah, that is a good it's a safety peace of mind yeah and it can, and save, it can save you a lot of money in the long run you uh, know? and a headache yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. no that's true mm. i mean you, you said a lot of really interesting things there actually i mean you know to, to buy the car that you know and use the car i mean i know with 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 all cars it's not just um ferraris but you know if you have a car and you know you don't we we, we i mean we had a um my father used to have a toyota and he bought it brand new used it every day it was absolutely perfect mm. we parked it up for six months and went back to the car and all sorts of problems, you know, yeah, absolutely. And, and that's something that is reliable, you know, and, mm. you know, um, so I think a lot of the reliability issues that come with Ferraris is probably a little bit unfair because these cars just don't get used so much. They don't, they don't. We, we used to look after one car, uh, looked after this car for about four years and every year is to come in for MOT with 150 to 200 miles done. Wow. Gosh. For four years, 
Uh, I think in about four years, this car must have done less. It's done less than a thousand miles, right. and it came in for four MOTs, two old, and they, we used to do the oil. Yeah, it used to come out like we just put it in. <laughs> You know, I can I mean? imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, it probably in that time the oil probably hasn't even warmed up properly. You know. No. No. So, absolutely. Yeah. Gosh. And I mean, mm. presumably you've you've also maintained on the other side, um, sort of high mileage cars as well. Oh yes. I, I this is my own view, but I think some cars with uh, thirty, forty thousand miles on it. Okay. Obviously, people don't want them they reckon they're too high miler but i think mm. like a, a, a supercar i don't think it's running till it's done about 40 50,000 miles really wow and you drive drive a car with uh, 40 or 50,000 maybe 60,000 miles on it and then you get into a car that drives with 2 to 10,000 miles in it you will see the difference really yeah well, interesting, interesting. Because, mm. I mean, obviously in the world of Ferraris, everybody wants that low mileage car. Listen, everybody prefers for it. Yeah, absolutely. They, um, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm hoping in the future to get some um, uh, some owners um, on the podcast, which will, you know, who have owned high mileage cars, you know, mm. um, because that's quite a, you know, a difference to what most people would think of in Ferraris. You know, it's a garage queen, park it in the garage, don't drive it you know unless it's completely bone dry outside um but then there's a lot of owners out there who have done more than a hundred thousand miles in their 360 or something like that mm. you know and you know it's their everyday car or maybe oh, even their only car yeah. um mm. and i know with something like the um the ff or the um uh the luso you know these cars are now designed to be used every day um you know even more so i mean the luxury element of them is you know something that wasn't there in the earlier cars no that's right yeah they've changed it all now yeah 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 mm. no it's interesting great um so if people want to contact you um you know they, they have any questions or they do you know have a particular car that they want to have a look at um what's the best way shall we get people to contact me we can contact us through the site and then um we can then uh, let you know, or, or you know, pass on your details. Yeah, that'll that's be great. yeah, that'll be great. No, that that's that's great. Okay, good, mm -hmm. good. That'd be good, good. Um, and finally, just a final question. It's something that we're going to be asking all of our audience um, who come onto the show, all of the um, uh, the people who we interview on the show. Um, if there's one bit of advice you can give our audience. Um, this is particularly aimed at our younger audience, you know, so people who in the future want to own a Ferrari, but don't particularly own one at the moment. Um, if there's one bit of bit of life advice or business advice that you can give, what would it be? Um, a very good education. Okay. That is very important. In my, it's my view, I think education is very important and honest hard work in yeah. whatever you do. Yeah. It's, uh, the, the thing is, the harder you work, the better it is for you. And like they say, you reap the fruit of your... Of your hard work. Of your, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. hard work. But the uh, thing is, we, uh, my, this is my personal view, honesty has to be uh, number one priority, I think. Yeah, yeah. There are, uh, there, you can make a lot of money, you can do a lot of, um, you can have all the cars in the world, but in my view, uh, it's not the right way to do it. 
Yeah. It's just honest hard work. Yeah. Uh, most of all, education. I mean, you know. I mean, mm. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I mean, mm. you know, um, I think education has played a played, um, you know, a huge. Um, it's a huge factor in in my own personal success, um, mm. and you know I look at a lot of successful people out there, and you know they haven't become successful by mere chance. You know they've no. um, you know they, they they've used their education. Um, so definitely, I think that's 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 a great one, um, mm. and also honesty. I mean, I know you know you you've probably seen a, because the thing with with Ferraris is obviously you see. Uh, people with a lot of money and money coming mm. from different places, um, and you've probably seen a lot of people, you know, as as clients and customers who have mm. not necessarily been so honest. Um, and you've seen right. that you've seen them sort of come and go, right? So, you know, they, eventually their dishonesty catches up with them. Um, so always, yeah, always will happen. May may not happen like today or tomorrow, but down the line, yeah always happens no, that, that's great advice mm. that is great Abby I just want to say thank you very much for your time um, it's been a great conversation I mean there, there's so many different topics that we can talk about and um, you know I hope to um, you know if, if you're if you're up for it I'd love to get you back on the show um, the, you know there's a lot of things that we could talk about my it's a pleasure great that's thanks, brilliant thanks very much Abby appreciate it nice one Thanks. Bye-bye. Cheers. Wow, that was a great episode. And I just wanted to thank Abby once again. Really appreciated your time and um, answering all those questions. Uh, Really fascinating to hear about your experience and uh, your favorite cars as well. Well, just to introduce next week's episode, uh, we have a special guest from the US. Uh, His name is Tom Yang. uh, And he not only does he run a website called TomYang.net. So if you've not seen that before, check it out. Uh, But he has actually, he purchased a Ferrari 330 America in pieces and over eight years restored the car. And he found the the whole process so um, interesting that he actually changed his entire career from what he was working on at the time to actually working on Ferraris. And he is now recognized as one of the leading Ferrari uh, experts, um, not just in the US, but around the world uh, on uh, the classic models. Um, So look forward to uh, having Tom on next week's episode. Finally, before you go, I just have a special request for you. First of all, let people know about the podcast. Uh, you can send them to ferrarihub.com forward slash podcast or alternatively send them straight onto iTunes or to Google Play. The second thing I'd love you to do is if you could go onto iTunes and you could first of all subscribe and secondly leave us a comment. Uh, leave us a rating. Uh, if it's a five-star rating, really appreciate that. Um, otherwise give us a suggestion you know how you think we might be able to improve things because we're producing this show for you guys out there so let us know Um, but if you can subscribe and you can leave a comment i would really appreciate that thanks a lot and speak to you next time